Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 135 of the Apologue Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. And I'd like to let you know before we get started on the show that I am doing a charity bicycle ride that's called the Ride to Conquer Cancer. And I am trying to raise money to go towards the Princess Margaret Hospital, which is in Toronto, Ontario. It does um, amazing things for cancer patients and treatment and things like that. And they every year they do this ride. It's a 200-kilometer ride. And we're riding from Toronto, Ontario to Niagara Falls. It's going to be 200 kilometers, folks, over two days. And let me tell you, I'm trying to raise money, and I'm at 25% of my goal right now. And I would like to make my goal $2,500, and I'm just a little over 700 right now. And I appreciate all the people that are pledging, but please keep pledging to my $2,500 goal and then some, and you can have a little bit of good karma. So go to apolog.ca and click on the banner. The Ride to Conquer Cancer banner at the top right side. Tell a friend, do some pledging, and help cancer out, help me out, help everybody out, and you're helping yourself out with some karma. There you go. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get a free audio book download and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash apologue. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle Fire, or Kindle, or anything that plays MP3s. So go download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash apologue. Hey, Amazon shoppers, you want to help the show out and shop on Amazon? You can do this. If you're from Canada, go to apologue.ca slash Amazon. Or from the United States, go to apologue.ca slash US Amazon. And by going to those URLs, you'll go straight to Amazon shop like you normally would. And every time you purchase something on Amazon, I get a little 4% kick. And it really does help support the show when it comes to all these fees that it costs to make a podcast. So, but if you want to do it the old school way, you can go to apolog.ca on the homepage and click on those links on the right side, just under the Conquer Cancer banner. And uh, bookmark those links and every time you shop, like I said, costs you no extra money and you're supporting the show out. If you're interested in supporting the show on a monthly basis, go to patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you, as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. Cancel at any time. And I appreciate all the patrons I have right now. All three of you are amazing, kicking in. This is great stuff. Okay. Insight Recorders is a place for you to get some online mixing. If you want your record to sound a little bit better than it did when you left with it, uh, you can go to insightrecorders.com, check out the rates, hit contact, and get in touch, and we'll make your record sound awesome. The other thing I'm doing with that website is I'm starting a 3D printing shop. So if you need 3D printing done, there's already a few things on there. Go to insightrecorders.com slash 3d prints that's number three letter d prints and check out the store and, and eventually it probably will become like a full-time store but i'm just testing the waters before i go buy urls and i make a site and make a blah 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 blah, blah. so the other thing about insightrecorders.com is you can start your own store you can sell your own products um get into contact that that site does a whole ton of stuff there's many many more other things there so go to insightrecorders.com contact for more information Go to apologue.ca slash shop if you want to buy a t-shirt or buy my band's Four Squares discography for $20. That's a good thing. That's 70 songs for like 20 bucks. Don't forget to go to iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it some stars. Like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash apologue pod. And follow me at simonhead666 on Twitter. 
Today on the show, I have a very old dear friend, and he's back on the show. It took him about a year and a half to get back, but he's sort of a regular guest around here, and it's sort of a different paced show. It's more conversation where we talk and we, we could come up with little funny things to say, and we have a laugh, and we tell stories and things like that. And Kyle is a great person and a great guest, and here he is. Mr. Kyle Stanley, I think it's his fourth time on the show on the Applog Podcast. Kyle, um, yep. it's been a year and a bit. Yep. What's wrong? You mad at me? Yeah, furious. What did I do? Uh, you let my computer die. I didn't let anything and, die, buddy. You let your and not handle anything. But we got, we got a new one. We're like rent-owning one right now. How do you do and that? Died. You just go to a place that you pay way too much a week for a computer. They got you over barrel. Oh, yeah. And this one's no good either. We have to like, we have to replace it. So but this is working fine. Yeah, yeah. No, this is good connection too. Um, yeah, man. It's uh, I don't know what goes on with us, but we uh, we uh, we we play in a band together. We see each other about three times a year, and uh, then we go about our ways, and then we talk on the podcast. Now it seemed like once a year. <laughs> well, now we can do it whenever you want. What's going to be the deal with this one? Is this Mondays or? It's going to be a Monday. Yeah, it's going to be a Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Out of people? No, I just, uh, timing-wise, I, I want to make sure one comes out in the right spot. So I, I think I recorded it too early. So I, I like, you know, I want like it to come out around the time that this thing is happening. It's actually the two people, um, Rosie and Billy from Patchwork Theater. And they're doing, a, they're mounting Trainwreck by uh, Boys Night Out. Boys Night Out? Oh, crazy. And they're doing it like a musical. See. Rosie and Billy, is that Treble Charger? No. No. How is that possible? It's, I know. it's a lady and a man. Well, Rosie was a bit of a lady anyways. There, I said it. The uh, No, no, it's Rosie. Uh, oh, gosh. And they're in a band, and they're they're based out of uh, Niagara Falls, uh, New York. And they are good people, and they are into community theater, and they are just, you know, keeping it real. Right on. Where is that? It's in. Uh, it's closer to you than me. It's down in uh, Niagara, Niagara Falls, um, Buffalo. Well, like North Buffalo, uh, uh, and it's gonna be June first through fourth uh, in this little theater down there. I'm coming down to see it, so uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm going down to see it. So, oh, neat. Yeah, actually, now we're doing a spot for it, so that's good. No, but they're good people. Good people. I like people that like doing stuff like that, like creating art for the sake of art, and it's not money driven, and it's just good. The guy that did the hardcore logo thing was like that too. Yeah, that's right. That whole company is cool. Actually, everything was was cool. Did you see it? No, I did. It's good. Yeah, I heard. It's I really... heard it was a packed house. Well, this is so packed. But the uh, I believe that Al Nolan is built for that show. Easy. Yeah, made sense to me. Yeah, he's really good. So, uh, how's life in Hamilton? It's all right. Yeah. Uh, four new uh, life birds. As of the other day. Really? 
a couple were big ones like an indigo bunting and a wood duck wood ducks are amazing looking i got if we ever do this again i'm going to make bird samples that play in the background while you talk about birds is that okay yeah that's fine i thought about it today because i think we do a bit now this is our bit <laughs> <laughs> it's birds with kyle bop, bop, bada, bop. i wish i knew more i'll be like the the amateur professional that's right you know who's really into birds harlan williams he's really oh really he's really into birds he likes bird calls he does bird calls oh that that drives me crazy oh really those people just stop doing that is he like are you a purist bird watcher and he's like a pretend bird watcher is that what i'm catching no he's probably he's probably just got a different uh appreciation than i do yeah i like the whole evolutionary dinosaur element to birds yeah See, that's where you lost me, because I always feel that, yeah, dinosaurs are just big chickens, and chickens are monsters. Like, chickens eat each other. So oh, that, yeah. That is evolution right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the birds of prey, seeing them attack things, and that was neat. What are those big birds that grab goats, and you throw them over a... Throw them... Golden eagles. Yeah. We got a couple of those around here, actually. We, we saw one a couple months ago. They could grab your baby. Yeah, or your dog, or any... They've even taken down deer. Like, they, they don't fuck around. No. Like, out in Siberia and stuff, those things get so big, they can take out pretty much anything. Yeah, like, they have, attack a moose like, a five, four-meter wingspan. Like Oh, yeah, yeah. Monsters. Well, eh, four meters. Well, let's say, like, maybe two, two and a half. 400 feet which wide. Like, which is still, like, seven feet, yeah. They're, like, 28 feet tall, and they... They'll pick up a school bus full of children and throw them off the ledge. There was a lot bigger eagle about 30,000 years ago that uh, they found a whole bunch of like early humans with their like heads, their brains clawed out of their skull with what looks like dinosaur claws. Yeah. 30,000? Yep. That's not that long ago. That's a blip. Nope. It's n- well, mammoths were around like only like, what, sure. 10,000 years ago, something like that. Yeah, but... Things used to be a lot bigger and scarier. Yeah, except for the people. People were really small back then. Yep. We're talking about nature, folks. I would have been a giant. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, uh, how do you like uh, how do you like life in Hamilton? Is it good? How's, how's things there? I worry about you sometimes. <coughs> I'm okay. I don't mind it as much as I thought I did. Yeah. You don't miss the big shitty? No, not at all. Just even just standing outside of that venue a couple of weeks ago, it was just it was too much. Yeah, it was just way too much. I don't really remember but that. For that, no, it's okay. Uh, for content, Kyle, you watch what you say, man. There's literally hundreds yeah. of people listening. You, you, you could have warned me. You totally marined me on that. Uh, one. Didn't you see where I, I hit one? the button down here? I hit the button, and we're recording. I do that. I'm looking at your face because we're like having a conversation. That's true, but my hand went down there and touched that recording button. Um, yeah, big city, not so much fun. I actually went down there to work last week for three days. I don't do like 4.30 wake-up calls, like to wake up at 4.30 so I can get on a train and then be down there for 6.30. And, uh, you know, I, there was a time where I thought, oh, I'll go work downtown again. It'll be okay. And I'm so glad I don't do that. Well, just getting in and out of there every day is a nightmare. Yeah. Well, three days was enough. I can't imagine. Go- no? No, three days was enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. What were you going down there for? Uh, it was a corporate show for a bunch of banking, white banking investors or banking people. 
uh, and they talked about um, the bottom line, and then they talked about how numbers were up, productivity is up, but we could always do better. That's good advice. (laughs) It is. So these were just, uh, it was like a convention? Yeah, conference. And uh, the only thing uh, I found exciting was a guy came in to talk about automation and how people are 3D building houses. And uh, mm-hmm. how they can do stuff that, like in war torn and like you know ransacked areas, they can build a house in twenty four hours with concrete on this big machine. You know that to me as a three D printer, I was pretty excited about that. But the rest of it, I was like toned out, like uh, thinking about thinking about nothing but getting away from there. I hate the city now. And what's terrible is most of the, like, if, if there's an event or, like, a show that I want to see, it's it's not going to be here. It's going to be there. Yeah, so, but you can jump on that GO train and be downtown in how long? It takes about an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, still. It's not that bad. No, it's not bad, but it's a pain. Like, that's, like, the full, I mean, it's, with getting back from the train and stuff like that, it's, like, a whole three hours of travel for something that used to take me ten minutes on the subway. Yeah, I get it. I understand. There's, do they have express lines? Because that's the thing that kind of is neat now. What they do is they'll, you'll get on this one and it'll just take you right into the city and it's 32 minutes from, from Pickering, from where I left. Yeah, the, 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 bus, the bus will do that, but the traffic right around when you hit like the Mimico area, mm-hmm. like the, the gardener just stops. So no matter pointless. what time of day it is, no matter what day it is. Yeah, yeah, pointless. And uh, you can never, that was the problem when we played in Barrie last summer. I was supposed to meet Mike and we just stopped for a half hour so they had to wait outside of the subway <laughs> well, to pick me up and take me up there yeah how do you like uh play music again you, you enjoying it yeah. yeah i think it's uh a lot more fun when it feels like there's nothing riding on it yeah it's true but then at the same time everybody likes to have a little goal in life you know whether to be successful musically or to um, at least get some recognition, and uh, we could try harder, I think. Probably. How come we're not opening for the Descendants in September? I tried. I tried. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I did. It's oh. a Live Nation show, too, so to get on that is highly political, and even the band, even if the band was wanting to do it, even if we were on tour with them, it would be a, probably very hard to get on that bill. Wow, that's nuts. See, there, there's an example of the kind of thing I was, I was happy I didn't have to worry about anymore. Yeah. yeah Not I, that I would have expected getting, getting that gig, but if, yeah. if, if you've had Stefan on the podcast, you'd think, you know. I've, it's the, one of those the things. not there to see young guys. I know. <laughs> the thing about, like, asking favors, this is a thing I've been constant. Like, so many, like, actually, this is an interesting, not interesting, but this thing I've been thinking about a lot. When you ask for favors... You're more, I'm more than willing to give favors back, but I feel that sometimes by asking for a favor, that will be like a guaranteed, I'll give you a favor back. Or, or I feel like maybe I don't have anything to give back, and I'm utilizing my position to get a favor. Like it, it goes on so many levels. Like if I, cut my, if I, I can't cut my grass right now because my lawnmower is broken, I have to ask somebody to help me get my grass cut. It's in. Yeah. It's like uh, I'd rather just pay somebody to do it than try to get something for free. You can get a local kid to do it for like fifteen bucks or something, couldn't you? Yeah, it's pretty big though. You see my front yard. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty big. Like I said, I don't mind paying I don't for know it. Why you wasted all that money on property? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, woe is me, Kyle. Ooh. <laughs> but I, I and also with things with band politics, like trying to get onto, like trying to get on that Descendants show. I tried once, and then that was it. I didn't try again. You've probably been uh, on both ends of that a million times too, eh? Yeah, I think that's why that's I have some perspective. Favorite. Yeah, there's some perspective there when someone says, "Come on, you know, get do this for that," and I'm like, "I, I, yeah, I, I can, but I feel dirty asking." Like, like I know people who know like really famous people, and I've never even considered asking them to help me get people on this show who are really famous. Like, I'd rather do that on my own merit than try to, yeah, than try to use my connections. And it's a uh, who do you think the most famous so far? In terms of just name recognition, I, I think uh, Snow would be the most. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I think he was the most because he sold the most amount of records. Probably combined all the episodes. Whoever played music combined, he sold over nine million records. And, uh, but he's the most humble, the most mellow guy too. At the same time, like he's a true. Yeah, it was a that was a very chill talk. Yeah. He's like right place, right time guy. Like, like, there's no way. Like, if there was a day off here and there, like, he would just be a thug from somewhere else. You know, I think he's more than willing to admit that stuff. He did talk a lot about his relationship with judges. <laughs> it's true. It's funny. I didn't catch him on it. He's a, definitely the most famous. Yeah, I didn't catch him on a, like an excited moment because I've heard him tell excited stories, and I was hoping for a little bit that it would be the crazy excited Darren. Um, telling crazy stories but he was sort of very kind of like just keeping it mellow you know being very humble and uh I, you know still was fun i wish i heard more dirty stories though because he has tons of those crazy 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 dirty stories that i can't tell in this podcast unless he lets me <laughs> oh you have to do a part two then that's if he returns that's if he returns his phone messages and emails that was a struggle too like trying to make that happen it was it was a trip to try and like you know, first of all, he doesn't manage his Facebook. Someone manages it for him. So when I'm texting him over yep. Facebook, I'm texting some stranger. And then uh, I had to sort of speak the code and say, listen, you know, like, and then I guess he had to sort of vet me and make sure that I wasn't a crazy person. Then I got his phone number. Then I could call him. Yeah. But uh, when... Do you have any dream ones left? <sighs> oh. My dream ones? I... That's a tough one. Uh... I have a few like, yeah, like rock star people that I would love to talk to who are like, I don't know. I think it'd be fun to talk to like Getty Lee. I think that'd be fun. I think he'd have some crazy stories. Yep. And I think he'd be fun to talk to. And those like anybody like that, like in that era, you know, who lived through the 80s and the 70s. Kim Mitchell. I tried to get Kim Mitchell on and he declined. Because of uh, he was okay. he was um, he's kind of fresh off the radio at that point. Like he's been off the radio for a while, and I don't know if they actually sign like any sort of waivers to say I won't go speak about things like or I won't go public. You know, I don't know what, but it was very like no, we're not doing it. But I could get Peter Fredette if I just keep chasing him down. But like he's a tough guy. I don't know who that is. That's the other guy from Kim Mitchell. It's the high singing guy. <laughs> don't ask me. If I'm still in love. That guy. Not a clue. <laughs> oh, 
uh, a Kim Mitchell story. Most of that entire thing. Yeah, Kim Mitchell story. Um, okay. Peter, they played at our venue last year. They played uh, at my venue, and uh, the um, Peter Ferdat, the bass player singer guy, left his car open. He was sleeping in it and got up and went to the gig and left his car door like unlocked, and somebody stole his laptop. <laughs> <laughs> So somewhere oh. out there, someone stole Peter Fredette's laptop with songs and all his emails. It's a drag. Like, he got his whole his life ripped off. So I was trying to email him around that time because I had a contact because I was advancing the show and everything. So I was like, hey, come on the show. He goes, oh, something really, really terrible happened at your venue. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I'm like, so we're trying to find camera angles that actually you could see. We didn't find any camera angles. Um, but, uh, yeah, got his fucking laptop stolen. And uh, I feel bad for him for that. But then again, if you're going to leave your car unlocked in like, you know. Eh, yeah. Kind of got coming. I saw a guy. I, I felt walked... the same way when I've lost like bikes and stuff. Yeah. I suppose I felt that way. If, if you just don't, if you don't lock it up and you like kind of. A $10 bill falls out of your. Yeah. Yeah. A $10 bill falls out of your pocket. You're like, well, I kind of deserve that if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. If I wasn't being careful with it. That's t- inside. So that's very true. I I walked by a place where it was like one of those Porsche, you know, those SUV things with the hatchback open, just sitting open. You're like, what's in here? Oh, nothing. <laughs> so they just close it. There's just tons of footage online of people driving away from gas pumps with the, the nozzle still in there. Um, in the hole, is that thing called? The nozzle? In the, in the, in the, in the. Like the, the nozzle of the pump is left in the in the gas hole the gas. and they just drive away and pull it away <laughs> what is that called I, kyle like, is it a gas hole is it called a what i have it's <laughs> i don't have a car I, I i don't read the manuals i don't <laughs> i don't think it has a name i don't think it has a name F- filling hole filling hole hole filling i don't know sure sure part <laughs> of <Car laughs> vagina <laughs> um it's just how, how do you, is that seems like the one thing you should never ever just leave in your car it's a tragic thing when it breaks off too because i've seen those videos it's like oh no what have you done like i got a actually i got a funny story and this just goes years and years back but um my parents decided to my dad in particular decided to get um buy a used barn and he dismantled it and it wasn't very big it was like maybe 30 by 30 feet of a box with a roof and he completely you know dismantled it so we put it on a trailer and we're going to erect this barn and we're using my mom's jeep to uh to pull it up like to to take the weight and then so we my my dad was i'd get in the car and like let's go and then we'd attach a chain and then we'd just lift the 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 wall up so we're so excited by, for ourselves. Like we put one wall up <clears throat> and my dad's like, go into Claremont and get something. I went, sure, no problem. And I drove away and it was still attached to the wall and I pulled the wall down. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I felt horrible. I'm like, oh, all that work. And I pulled it down the wrong way. So I was like, no, like, oh God, good thing it was long enough to not squish me. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. How, how long did it take to get that repaired? Uh, well, I had to go around the other way and then pull it back the other way because it had pulled it over. But uh, it took a day to get yeah. the four walls up. But it's, uh, I think it's probably still there, you know, at to, as we speak. Yeah. 
barn raisin. <laughs> Solid workmanship. Yeah. A lost art, I'd say, one might say. I just saw the movie Witness for the first time like about two months ago. Learned a lot about raisin barns in that one. I haven't I haven't seen that, that movie. Harrison Ford? No. Nah. Goes goes undercover. This is like eighty four, eighty five, I think. Yeah. Goes undercover in an Amish community. What's wrong with the Amish people? What was going I on? Wish that was more interesting. Um, a kid saw a murder oh. while he was in uh, New York with his mother traveling, doing something, and then the mob guys saw him, and they chased him and tracked him down. Harrison Ford had to go protect him. Someone spiked the butter churner? <laughs> Someone plugged in a, a electric radio. <laughs> What's that sound of that infernal racket? Oh, that's just my little radio. Damn ye to hell. Where's my, tri- where's my pedal bike? I wonder. Uh, you think you could live Amish? Yeah, probably. I mean, we're we as humans, we could figure that shit out. But w- no, I mean you specifically. You. Yeah, I don't know. Look around. I don't know. I got a bunch of shit around me. I like it. That's what I mean. But okay, but how about this? If someone said, "If you don't become Amish, we're gonna chop your right hand off." Amish. Amish. Yeah. Amish. Get it? At the, at the very least, I'll probably see a lot of birds. Yeah. You missed my joke. I did. Oh, okay. What was it? Armish. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Woo! Really happy we revisited that Fucking one. Fucking nailed it. See, it all ties together. <clears throat> Is this a pun cast? <laughs> We're dads with bad humor. Oh, man. Oh, uh, this is gross. It is. <laughs> Whoever's listening to this. Has Sorry, folks. That's a good joke. Come on. Would you be Amish if you had your right hand chopped off and you said, I'd be Amish, and I said, you'd be Armish? Come on. I would, yeah. I would still be very Armish. I get, you know, the thing is, if you got to explain the joke, it's probably not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still wheeling in the fact that I said something funny. The, uh, so... So we're gonna do some recording. I hope this summer. I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be something we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. I want to do it. I want to do some. I want to do something that's musical like that. I got some else I'm doing, but it's just taking forever to get everybody putting putting the right steps in. It takes a long time. You're not gonna out them. Well, everybody. Well, I know people that I know, and I've mentioned on here. But yeah, I'm doing something with Connor from Boys Night Out. I'm doing something with my buddy Mike who used to play in the Fairmounts, um, and I'm doing something with, uh, and his friend, Bean, who lives in New York, and we're doing this record, this seven-song EP, and uh, we started recording around this time last year, and uh, I've made much progress in the past eight months on it because I've just been super busy, and I haven't really, uh, I don't know, I'm waiting on Connor's lyrics, actually. Say anything about it, like uh, hype it up at all? Uh, The lyrics are pretty fantastic i've heard what i've read comes out yeah what i've read like because i've seen i've heard i've seen two songs the lyrics but i don't know how musically it goes because connor writes such crazy melodies that i don't know how it's gonna fit with what i've written and um so i'm really excited that and i always know he'll come out with gold and uh it's lyric it's like kind of a he writes in a certain way where he writes like in a group of groupings of songs that all kind of have a similar um, context. And uh, so everything he's written sort of is fitting in this context of being, I think, and I'm reading it, maybe I'm reading it because I'm perceiving it that way as a dad and he's a dad now. And um, 
he's contemplating, I think, this because these could be all bullshit for all I know, but from what I've read, he's contemplating, um, you know, adulthood and musicianship and, I don't know, just priorities in life. And, you know, so... And that it's ironic that he's taking a very long time to deliver it because his priorities lie in being a father and being a proper husband and doing all these things that adults do, you know, like having a job and, you know, so I, I like what he's put, but it's funny how you read it and you're like, God, seems still seems like that same Connor, you know, that same edge and anger. It's great. Yep. Like he's going through his Bob Dylan Christian period <laughs> where everything just everything from his life just folds right into like the, the section of three or four records. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. We all got to grow up. Bob Dylan live? I've never seen him live. You I heard him. Live? No, I've heard him live when uh, he was at the amphitheater. I saw a little bit from behind. Cause I was, we were at, for some reason we were at Ontario place when he was playing and I heard most of it from, uh, from behind everything. I saw him at the Air Canada Center, and out of like his like catalog of hundreds of songs, I was really hoping for one specific one. And about halfway through the night, they've been playing a song for about two minutes, and I realized that, oh, this is the one I was waiting for. I didn't recognize it at all. It musically had been completely changed, and he sounded nothing like any of the versions of this song I'd heard before. That was one of the weirdest things. When you go to see anybody and they start playing a song you're hoping for. You know immediately. Oh, yeah. This fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to make it. <laughs> no. I, um, I went and saw R.E.M. And I'm not, I'm not the hugest R.E.M. fan. Like, I don't own any records. But I remember hearing one song. And it was, uh can't remember what it's called. But it was a slow kind of brooding song and i'm like i wonder if they'll ever do this song and it was out on that what's the frequency kenneth record no it wasn't on that but it was the record before that but whatever like they're doing the show at the amphitheater and i'm really excited to see because i'm <laughs> seeing a show and i'm excited and then uh that song comes on and the people the person to my right and the person to my left start talking like this far in front of me during this song <laughs> And I'm not really good in crowds to begin with. Like, I have, like, a little bit of fear of crowds when it comes to, like, where's the exit? When am I going to get out of here? Like, God, I'm a little freaked out anyways. And then and then uh, they start talking. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I want This is the only song I want to hear, you know. And I got, I looked like a complete dick because the song was quiet. And I started yelling. And I became the distraction to <laughs> all the other people around me. And oh, brutal, brutal. Yeah. I remember later on that night we had to leave and you know when you go across the I think it's the lakeshore on that bridge well there, there were so many people on it that yeah. it started shaking and and that was it I was like that's it we're all gonna die that. we're gonna read about this in the paper and I'm just the thing started swaying and I'm like what's going on why is this thing doing that and um, I couldn't get across I couldn't get in the car fast enough like I was like let's get the fuck out of here I gotta get out of here <laughs> My favorite, my favorite thing to do when I ever go, and it's been a while since I've been to a big one, um, but even just like when Melissa and I went to see Marin a couple months ago, um, if I'm at like a hockey game or in a stadium or anything, I like I just sit there after it's over for like 10, 15 minutes and wait for everybody to clear out so I don't have to hustle with anybody. And getting like 
say Maple Leaf Gardens way back when. You wait that extra 15 minutes, even the college uh, subway station isn't that bad. Yeah. And sometimes you get to see the players leave with their with their wives that they shouldn't be married to. <laughs> yeah. And do you ever get to the point where someone says... That was a, specifically a John Cullen joke of it. Oh, do you have to? Do you have to like? Does someone kick you out? Like, just oh, like... oh. Eventually, yeah. Once they start like cleaning it up, but you have like a, a twenty-minute grace period after the end of say like the hockey game or the concert, where everyone's just more concerned with crowd control in the like the corridor than they are with people sitting. Yeah, I miss Maple Leaf Gardens. I miss that place. I used to see great shows there. I used to Me watch too. hockey games. Um, the going by it. Have you been into the Loblaws part? Yep, I've been. Uh, used to live like right around the corner from it, so I went in to check it out for a few a few times. The Loblaws has baby pineapples, which I'd never seen before, and they're hmm. the cutest thing. <laughs> I like. I've looked inside, and I can see it's, like it's in a very festive area. Oh, yeah, it is very. Yeah, it's true. It's in the it's in the, that part of town. That's uh. I mean, to to look inside and there's a liquor store right above it too. There is? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, you just uh, going into the Loblaws, you go up an uh, escalator. There's a liquor store up there and a couple like small clothing stores, I think. And there's still a rink in there. Yeah, it's true. The rink, and when you play, you can actually see the dome above you, like the original dome that was there. Um, yeah, that's and it's a recreational. It's not an not actual, like, it's you can, I think, I wonder how much it costs for ice time there. Uh, not too much. Uh, Mark, one of Mark's hockey teams played there a little while ago, so it wasn't really much more, if out, if at all, than renting any other ice in the city. Mark, I think Ryerson runs it. Oh, okay. The rink. Mark Spickalock, you speak of? Yeah, yeah. How's he doing? Yeah, he had played in a couple teams. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard from him in like six weeks. He was in the Ukraine last I heard. Wow. Oh, right, because he's uh he's out of the biz kind of now, right? Yeah, he retired. He's just traveling the world. That's nice. That's good for him. Not a bad place to end up. Everywhere. Well, Ukraine's kind of sketchy, isn't it? Can't you get your head cut off in the Ukraine? <laughs> it's totally sketchy. But like, <laughs> that's his heritage. He's from the Ukraine. I think. Uh, I think his wife's heritage is completely Ukrainian too. Oh. So they were probably just seeing, like the, doing the homeland thing. It's crazy. Like, I want to get him on the show. I want to. I want. Or in the specifics, have to go to Israel. Oh right. Yeah, I don't need to go. Well, if I can find him, I'll tell him. Yeah, do that. Because if he's ever in Toronto, we could see him in person. But if he has to do it online, I don't think deal with that shitty Ukrainian uh, internet. Well, he's moving around, so you might have to deal with like some shitty Thai internet or some shitty Guam internet. Is he making a point of hanging out in places where people don't normally go? If they even have that. Yeah, I think it's it's mostly just to go into quiet places. Yeah. Did you hear the... Um, What's your favorite vacation spot in the world? In the world? Go ahead. <laughs> um, the world, if I ever had... I would like to check out Fiji. I think it'd be fun. I landed there on a stopover on the way to New Zealand. That looks like a cool place. It looks like quiet enough. The water seems fantastic. I saw it on Survivor. Yeah. When did you go to New Zealand? In 1996, I think, we went, as with SNFU, we traveled there and then to Australia, and then it was like a 
It was supposed to be Hawaii and it was supposed to be Japan, but both those cool places got um, taken off the bill. We were going to play with John Spencer Blues Explosion in Hawaii, I think, and we were supposed to do a couple of shows in Japan, but they uh, wow. didn't, didn't happen. Yeah, New Zealand, Australia is pretty good. Yeah, New Zealand was amazing because, you know, I don't know if you know about this, Kyle, but I'm a very big Neil Finn fan, and I, I drove through his hometown, and uh, yes, you are. I was like, this is, this is where Neil Finn, like the guy who was our tour manager, didn't wear shoes. Uh, his name is Brian. <laughs> I think I've told this story before. <laughs> but he didn't wear shoes, so he had these thick yeah. meat pads for feet. And uh, he was like the craziest guy ever. And we met him through No Means No, because he tour managed No Means No in New Zealand around that same time, which would have been their pretty, pretty successful time. But we, um, we rented these little high ace vans and we went through, I think, three or four of them. And then we got this airport shuttle thing that I ended up getting <laughs> by pure fluke because I told him I have an international bus driver's license. Um, thanks to the quick wit of uh, Brent Belke. He said, you have a bus driver's <laughs> license? And I just showed him my Ontario driver's license. So yeah, of course I do. And he just throws the keys at me, go off you go. And I'm like, I don't have to sign anything. He's like, nope, just bring it back. So I'm driving on the wrong side of the road in the what was essentially a short bus. So it, you know, it did train me up until later in life when I actually had a short bus. But I found myself creeping over to the wrong side of the road a few times. And yep. it, was, uh, it was one in a lifetime trips, you know, like where... I'm in an exotic place. Um, like we are at the we're on the North Island, and we stay in this hotel. And Bjork's like road crew came to the show to see us play, like to see the show. And so it's like, wow, I'm I'm really mincing with the big wigs here. You know, it's fun. What were the roads like there? Was it like did you go through mountains and stuff? Yeah, the roads were pretty. They're two lanes, like all two lanes. Like we leave uh, Auckland for like ten minutes, and then it would just turn into two way traffic. It's probably bigger now. It was twenty years ago, but um, well, twenty two years ago now. But it was um, it was this. Uh, the mountains didn't seem like mountains. They were like really steep hills, you know, with they, they're scaled down mountains, you know. But the mountains, the really big mountains, are on the on the yeah. on the. Did I say we're on the south? I think I said we're on, but we were on the North Island. But the South Island is where the big, crazy mountains are, and you're actually it's colder down there. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, it, you, uh, so it wasn't like treacherous or anything. Nah, no, nah, it was fun. We met some Maoris. They were cool. They had like tattoos on their face, and they drove around like old timey like triumphs and stuff. They're like motorcycle gang. And uh, we hung out with those guys. And you're like, they're super scary looking, but they were like the nicest, soft-spoken people ever. Like the Maoris, like the indigenous people of of New Zealand. Super cool. Yeah, it was. It was once in a lifetime thing. Awesome. Yeah. And Australia? Australia was. Uh, it was okay. It felt more like America. <laughs> but you sound fantastic, and your face I got looks my wires beautiful. Are plugged in, right? Yeah. No, I think you're all right. Um, yeah, Australia was like, it was okay. It felt like more Americanized. Uh, the high point of that tour was that we got to play on a little boat, like a Sydney Harbor cruise. And we played there with, um, what's that Australian punk rock band that was on uh, fat records? What were they called? Frenzel Rom. Yeah. We played with them. Um, and then we, uh, jumped in Sydney Harbor and the guy's like, you better get out of there really fast because there's sharks. So we, got out of there fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
me and Brent jumped off the roof oh, into, right in the harbor. Into the harbor. Saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, get out, get out, get out, sharks. And we threw our tour manager in that same trip too. He, he got thrown in Chris. Chris Moses was his name. Um, yeah. So that was, that was Australia. That was, and I'd love to go back. Did you just part the water? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, part. Jumped in. Um, this delay is killing my humor. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'd love to go there and, and uh, travel. Because Australians are nice. I work with an Australian now. Um, he's a new guy. And uh, Australians are just inherently nice people. That's what I hear. <laughs> that was a long delay. So uh, now we can get, like, we'll do, a, uh, we'll do a live podcast tour of Australia. That's right. You want to go there, part of the podcast, to start a GoFundMe and get people to pay us to go around and talk to Australians? Sounds like a pretty good job. <laughs> I can't believe how that delay is a good five-second delay. Yeah, at least. How about this? Let me pause it and maybe try and refresh. I'm going to pause it. Do you want to try re, like? I'm fine. I think it's okay. you. Yeah, just, uh, that's better. We had to reload yeah. the page, people at home, because uh, Kyle's internet sucks. It's uh, fast, but it's behind. It's good now. It's good now. I think, yeah, it's just the way the system works. Sometimes it can get on the wrong, the wrong note, and it'll just take a long time to thing. But it's working good now. Um, well, anyways, I don't take too much more of your time. I gotta fix my lawnmower. And uh, and uh, what are you what are you doing for work these days? Uh, do we have to say that? Um, no, no, never mind. <laughs> do you... No, um, honestly, if uh, if I could throw in a plug here, if anybody's looking for a tribute musical act or a lookalike act, um, check out BookingHouse.ca. Yeah, um, I can hook you up with uh, the best Eagles tribute in the world, Hotel California. There's Fleetwood Mac Mania. There's Abba Mania. There's uh... they come to my town. Abba Mania comes to Uxbridge. Huh. Oh yeah, um, they go everywhere. Uh, anything you're looking for from the 50s, uh, Buddy Holly, country legends, to modern ones like Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande and Fifth Harmony. And I never heard of Fifth Harmony. The Weeknd. And uh, they're like a new Destiny's Child type of thing, oh. sort of. With uh, that's, that's probably racist, even though they're, <laughs> they're mostly not black. Um, it's like the, the modern dancey uh, diva Beyonce type music. There's five of them. They sing, they dance. So you got a new job then, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've been doing, like, we've been uh, trying to book uh, these acts for almost a year now. Oh. Melissa and I are working together. Well, that makes sense because I haven't talked to you in a year. So uh, that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, actually, no, I think Hotel California did... Uh, did you book them at the Living Arts Center? Because I think they played... There. I didn't. I didn't. But they, yeah, they definitely have. They play, like... Sometimes like twenty shows a month. Do they have the same interband issues that the real Eagles had? Because that would be really legit if they did. I was actually sometimes when I do posts online, I'm like, it's like seeing the Eagles, except they actually talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be fun. Shit. That's no, they're, awesome. they're like uh, they're like one of the best tribute bands in the world. It's if you closed your eyes, you'd be hard pressed to tell it wasn't them. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Except when the Glenn when the Glenn Fry guy sings, you're like, hmm, maybe. No, it can't be Glenn Fry, but yeah, it's true. It, <laughs> not anymore. The uh... oh, think, 
Think about this, okay? This is just something to blow your mind. Okay. Common sense would tell you, right, that more Rolling Stones than Beastie Boys have died, but yeah. they're tied. Oh. How is that possible? That is one person. I think more than one person's died from the Rolling Stones. No, just Bill Wyman. That's it. Oh. Well, I, does it count after they're they all leave? Standing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Wow. I did not know. That's that's an interesting statistic. Isn't that crazy? Common sense would just tell you that more Rolling Stones than Beastie Boys have died. That's why you can never trust common sense. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I know. Were you always a Beatles kid or a, a Stones kid? Uh, always is a rough term, but I've been, I've liked the Beatles a lot since I was about 19. Yeah. When I was a kid, I learned songs in in class like Obla D, Obla Da, so during all of my adolescence and stuff, I just thought it was all that like goofy octopus's garden type stuff. That's just sort of what I put them in. And I'd heard like the early ones, like can't buy me love and stuff. And it just seemed very simple and weird to me. But since, uh, since I was about 19 or 20, very, very, very solid Beatles guy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The um... don't like the Rolling Stones at all. Tried to watch gimme shelter a couple months ago. I couldn't do it. It was more fun watching their reaction to the video than playback in that editing room. It was more interesting. Oh, yeah, but even, even, even that was just like, this is depressing. This is sad. That whole Altamont thing was just a... Uh... Yeah. 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 Jerry Garcia's fault, too, eh? He's the one who said, hire the Hells Angels as security. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And they actually, uh, the conference call with that one guy who looked like he had no... He was the concert promoter, and he had like looks like he was had a nice suit on and stuff, and it tells you a big difference about where we've come now, for like rock and roll. Like, uh, yeah, I I saw that. I watched Whoa. that. Was that was that that was a bit of a weird one because that's the death of the summer of love. That is. Yep, it was like the end of all that positivity. <laughs> it's true. Well, speaking of positivity, yeah, I'm sorry we didn't take sooner to to get together and talk on this thing, but you were having some computer issues and I, um, yeah. And I like talking to you. So, uh, let's not s separate our conversations like this, like as long as we did. Cause I think it was like over a year ago. I think you're on the show. Oh yeah, it must be. So I was thinking like maybe January or February of last year. There was last year you were on twice like real close to each other. Remember that? I remember that. I remember we did like the, the year retrospective when we play you played clips oh that was two years ago the, i was trying to get you to go on the last one i did and i i ended up just doing it solo like a fucking star <laughs> nicely done thank you you think you're gonna do any more live ones uh like in front of people live um yeah yeah i don't know man like kind of got scared from the last one and and you know it was sort of i really I don't know. I don't know if that's the right forum for this. I think unless I had some things to, to, to fall back on, like some bits, then maybe. There's not really any good places to do it anymore. Like the, the what's that place? The Central is closed down. Oh, did it? Yeah, that would have been the best place. Well, I guess live. You did You did a live one at the Bovine with, uh, who was it? It was KJ Jansen and who else? Well, oh, oh, and Daryl. No, that wasn't live, but that was in the back. Yeah, Daryl, that's right. Yeah, that was in the back. It, it uh, was at the bovine. Yeah, it was at the bovine, but it wasn't live. 
I don't know. I, I really think that it was the wrong... Well, I mean, the music part was kind of neat because the thing Justin did was super cool and Stella was good too. But uh, I think I got a little scared away from not having any, like being that prepared because I usually don't come into this as prepared and usually takes two people to come around and start making the show. And, and I caught some resistance from, from Stella about it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, she's right. I don't have anything prepared. So then it got sort of like, ah, panic. And then uh, then it was over. It it was fun while it was there, though. Or it was fun while I was watching it. That pure awkwardness? It seemed like a... Well, that, but it did sort of seem like it was a, an organic thing because you were still interacting with the people sitting there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you were the only two with microphones, but it felt like everyone was just... Hanging Like, out. sitting around shooting the shit and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I maybe maybe when I get my get a bit more together... Um, I had some ideas, and actually Chuck Coles wanted to help out with some of it too. I wonder if he still does, but uh, but there's some sort of ideas that where we could get maybe like a beer sponsorship and actually make it into something and actually go, like a real show where there's bits and there's like a an actual performance. But that that takes like production meetings and people talking about what they want the show to be and then like a team because I don't think I'm capable of just putting it all together myself. I'm sure you could. I'll try. <laughs> Start brewing your own beer, then you sponsor. Yeah, then... yeah, that's punk rock. Then you're set. <laughs> well, hey man, have a have a good rest of the day. Thanks for doing the show. Always a pleasure. I call you my friend. Always. Yeah, I guess we'll probably see more of each other this summer when we start doing some recording. Oh yeah, I will see you very soon. I can see the drums right there. Right there. I got a new drum head for it. For the right kick there. drum, sounds like a fucking thunder explosion now. What kind is it? Are you an Evans guy or are you still a Remo guy? I'm not really an anything guy. I went and I go, what's that? That looks cool. That looks cool. It's got a piece of foam that's attached to it. I think I'll take that. And I actually took the counsel. It's an Evans, but I took counsel from a guy who was behind the counter who seemed to know stuff about stuff. He didn't try to sell me the most expensive one because you can spend a lot. So that's where I went with. I went with like that guy's choice. It does sound really good. It sounds way better than the other kick drum. The other kick drum sounded good with a mic in front of it. But this sounds good in the room now. I haven't heard a mic on it, but it sounds really good in the room. Who are you recording next? I'm working with a band called Hang Time right now. We're just finishing off some vocals. I think the next thing I do will be Fairmounts. Yeah, I'm going oh, right to get some time, make some rock, maybe do my own thing. Uh, with what are your the, rates? What are your rates these days? Get a, get a plug-in. <laughs> rates are 35 an hour, 10-hour days, one-hour breaks in between. So it turns out to be a nine-hour day, $350 a day. Uh, I master for a hundred and well, mix and master for one hundred fifty dollars a song, which is a deal, and I mix for a hundred or master for a hundred. So per song, that's my my rates haven't changed for shit. Like the three fifty, I raised it up to three fifty about five years ago, six years ago. <laughs> I was like twenty five an hour for like fifteen years or something. You're being friendly to the working class. Excellent. That's right. Keeping your prices at same level. Because if you're not going to pay your bill at 25 an hour, you're certainly not going to pay it at 35 an hour. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly. Cool, man. Cool to talk, and let's do it again. All right. Keep your eyes out for some birds. That's a good tagline. A good tagline indeed, folks. See, I told you Kyle's a cool dude. I don't know, I don't know what y'all thought, but... Uh, yeah, that's a different show, and I have a lot of new um, 
listeners. And this is a show that I did a couple of years ago with Kyle because Kyle wants to start a podcast and I'm trying to get Kyle into starting a podcast. So I'm getting him, trying to get him to talk on the mic so he can maybe do his own podcast because I think podcasts are the most liberating things to do on earth when it comes to expressing yourself and having a you know, having something to do. It's a cool hobby and it's a fun thing to do. So Kyle, get on your podcast. Let's go. Okay. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Thanks for, uh, thanks for all your pledges, everybody, by going to uh, Apple.ca and clicking on the banner, Ride to Conquer Cancer banner. Uh, like I said, I'm about 25% of my $2,500 goal and I got a lot more to go and I'm souping up my bike and I'm real excited. I'm training. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I just hope it doesn't rain. Because I hear it sucks if it rains. Well, it kind of sucks anyways if it rains. Okay, don't forget to go to applelog.ca slash Amazon if you're from Canada to shop on Amazon. Don't forget to go to applelog.ca slash US Amazon if you're from the United States to shop on Amazon. It really helps to show out Patreon. Patreon.com slash Applelog. That's a place to go pledge a monthly amount of money. It really helps me out too. Um, applelog.ca to buy a t-shirt. Foursquare discography. Don't, please don't forget to tell a friend. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Don't forget to go to Facebook to check out any news or what's happening with the show. I've been a little lax on the posters. I usually make a poster, but I've been really, really busy. And I'm just coming over the hill of busyness. And I'm, you know, always looking for guests, too. So if anybody wants to be on the show, go to appalog.ca slash contact. Get in touch with me. And you definitely can be on this show if you want to be. I am always, like I said, always looking for guests. And next week, I'm going to have Rosie and Billy from Patchwork Theater, and they are mounting a stage version of Boys Night Out's Trainwreck album. And it's going to be it's going to be an adaptation of that record. It's a classic record. And we're going to be talking to them next week, and they were really stoked to talk, and I'm really stoked to go see the show. It's happening in a couple of weeks from now, in June 1st through 4th, and they'll be on next week. And I have a few other guests lined up, and we are going into the summer. Okay, everybody, have a great, great week. We'll see you again. Bye.